Welcome to Retro Groove. I'm Adam. And I'm Liam. And this is a podcast where we talk about music that stands the test of time. Merry Christmas, everybody. Yeah. Welcome to episode 11 of our second season of Retro Groove. Getting pretty close to closing out the year here. Hope your holiday season is off to a rip-roaring start. Uh, We have a special guest today from one of our sister podcasts, the Film Logic podcast. Tim, how you doing, yay. sir? There's my best Kermit the Frog impression. <laughs> yay. <laughs> ah, yay. That was actually really good. <laughs> we'll do our best uh, Muppet impressions later, maybe. Yeah. We'll, we'll see how that goes. Yeah. All right. <laughs> well, how are you doing, man? What's what's going on with you lately? Uh, I'm definitely probably more in the spirit now than I was right after Thanksgiving for Christmas because right. of holiday shopping. Yeah. <laughs> so. Yeah. Uh, I am. I am. I am very happy, especially after watching some holiday movies, getting you in spirit too. So, yes, definitely. Have you started yeah. putting up the decorations already, Tim? Like, is it all up yet? Oh, I see it's some all stuff done. behind you. Yeah, it was done the Thanksgiving weekend for sure. Yeah, that Friday. Nice. Yeah, oh, that's when I do Black Friday. It becomes you know, green and red Friday. <laughs> that's great. Yeah, my daughter has asked me. She's like, because we're watching Christmas movies and we're talking about Christmas and we're opening Advent calendars, and she's like, "Is it Christmas already?" And I'm like, "Yeah, it basically <laughs> is. You know, like, All what's long. Christmas? Yeah, yeah. I mean, you're gonna get presents, but like, we're gonna do this other stuff too, yeah. right? Yeah. It all melds together, and it's just a big, beautiful season. That's how we do it anyway. It's like we're, we usually have the tree up before Thanksgiving. It's just all part of the same mishmash of traditions and hanging nice. out with family and all of that good stuff. So it's, it's just an awesome time of year. Um, so today we are discussing, um, I know that Liam and I have talked about it, uh, a couple of times, yeah. uh, on the podcast, but, um, one of my favorite Christmas movies of all time, unapologetically, unequivocally is the Muppet Christmas Carol. So good. So, Tim, where does the Muppet Christmas Carol fall for you in terms of like best Christmas movies of all time? I don't have a number on it because they're all number one. All That's my tough favorites. To do. You know, that sounds so. like me. I'm terrible at ranking things. Yeah. <laughs> but it is in the rotation for the Christmas holidays for sure. Which Absolutely. is weird because it's not often in the rotation on like I don't know what cable is. Like we have Sling that we watch like live TV on. Right. And it's not like on like a Christmas stories on or national lampoon or anything like that. It doesn't it's not get on free form. Everything's on free form. I know. Right. I don't <laughs> see it on there. So I have to well, go seek crazy. it out every year. Yeah. Right. Probably because yeah. it's owned by Disney. Yeah. You're probably right. <laughs> yep. They don't want to lend their stuff out to anybody, yeah. Yeah. Uh, but we do have Disney plus now. So that's, that's right. a, that's a plus. <laughs> and so we were, that was good. Um, 
So <laughs> we were looking at this and it's the 30th anniversary of this movie that means yes. a lot to us. Um, and we have a podcast on this network that covers film. Um, Tim also Nintendo dad number four as well. So he's, <laughs> right. uh, he wears a lot of hats uh, around the podcast scene. So we're excited to have him with us today. Um, so Tim, do you recall where you first saw this or like any sort of history with this? Did you see it like when you were super young or is it something you found later on? Well, it was something that I definitely had on VHS. Mm. So I don't recall if I saw it in the theaters as we were talking about pre-show. Yeah. Uh, Like I thought I did, but you made a point of something that I was like, well, Maybe I didn't, but yeah. <laughs> and maybe I did because I watched it so many times on VHS and then DVD, you know, later on. So, but uh, um, really, it was just because Muppets. I love Muppets, so anything yeah. Muppets that came out, I soaked it up. And uh, when Jim Henson died, that was that sucked. You yeah. know, I was like, what's going to happen to my Muppets? Yeah. So it was just like everything that was coming out though was like it seemed like around that time, everything they were doing was just like, bam, bam, bam. There was really good stuff, you know, yeah. including this for me, you know, Christmas Carol, Treasure Island, you know, yeah. all that kind of stuff. So, um, yeah, I was just soaking it up. So did I watch it in the theaters? I don't recall, but <laughs> I did watch it probably a hundred million times on right. media I owned. Yeah. Yeah. It had stiff competition in the box office that season with Aladdin and Home Alone 2 also coming out. 92 was kind of a banger uh, for the holidays. So I kind of understand it. I know I remember seeing Aladdin in the theater. So I know that's what happened to me because I also remember leaving the theater. And my dad's always been someone who like will complain about things like he nitpicks the movie on the way home <laughs> but he was like complaining about how many wishes there were or whatever i i distinctly remember being very frustrated with my father at that point where i was like you're ruining aladdin for me right now um so i did not see it in the theater either um adam do you recall how you first came across this i definitely didn't see it in the theater um i i would have been about 10 and um I I can't really recall the first time seeing it. It must have been on TV or, um, you know, a, a tape or something that we just had around because it was one of those that was always on at Christmas multiple times. And um, there weren't, at least when I was a kid, there weren't a ton of movies that we watched like multiple times over the christmas season mm-hmm. um charlie brown was one rudolph was one home alone was one and muppet christmas carol was one those were like on on repeat throughout the christmas season yeah and um it, it just at one point it was just there and i i i don't remember well enough if it was um you know a store-bought VHS tape or something we recorded off TV. I don't, I don't remember. Oh, the good old days. Um, yeah, exactly. We, <laughs> you know, a lot and the, the copy of root, the quote unquote copy of Rudolph that we had was recorded off of TV, like yeah. from the late eighties. So it still had like commercials, commercials. for stuff. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You didn't have uh, someone who like, tried to pause it in between each commercial while they were recording and watching at the same time. 
Yeah, but the, usually, but you'd still always get like the first commercial and like pour a part of the because you yes. don't know exactly when it's coming back. You don't want to hit miss pause, it. Hit pause. Yeah, so I exactly. did that with Daria. Like I had almost all the episodes of Daria on VHS, and I did that, Tim. I would like wait at the edge of my bed, like where my TV was, and I would like hit pause and then hit record again. Yeah, there you nice. Go. Yeah. Um, so I had uh, a neighbor growing up, an elderly lady. And I don't know if you guys had this sort of thing growing up, but there's like sort of a gift cadence in certain areas of my family. Like I had my aunt Barbara who would always just get us a Hess truck, right? Like it was just like, she's <laughs> going to get us that year's Hess truck. Um, mm-hmm. And my next door neighbor would always get us a VHS tape and we had to ask for it. Like she would ask my parents, like, what do the kids want? She's just sweet lady. And <laughs> at that time, 93, I was nine. and my sister would have been six. So I was still in pole position. I was like, she doesn't know what's up yet. I can still right. like dominate this ask. Um, and so I remember getting that for Christmas and just binge watching it. And I remember wanting <laughs> yes. it. So I grew up watching Muppet Babies a bunch. Like Muppet Babies was a show that I was was like into. My sister and I could sit and watch. It was super fun. Heck yeah. um, and uh, we, yeah, we would, we, there was a commercial for this movie that had that scene, light the lamp, not the rat, right? Like where he oh, yeah. his <laughs> tail on fire. And I thought that that was the funniest thing. Like my sister and I cracked up at that commercial. And so we were like, I mean, we should totally get this. It's the Muppet babies, but they're like grown up and setting fire to things. Like, <laughs> this, this is awesome. Um, and became a staple in our house too. Although, I don't know if you guys had these experiences, but also um, Nickelodeon played, I'm pretty sure it was Nickelodeon, played a bunch of like classic, quote unquote, Muppet movies. So there was the Frog Prince. um, There was Emmett Otter's Jug Band Christmas. There was the Christmas Toy, which was like this little tiger. It was like Toy Mm -hmm. Story before Toy Story. Um, it was all of these like made for TV ABC specials that were never theatrically released that, that I'm aware of. Um, but they would play them. And so like, we were also exposed to Muppets, like they were some in there, but Kermit was always the narrator and it was these like fun little stories, you know? Um, so we had, we had a love for it, like built in early on. Um, nice. And and it's stuck around like now that I have a kid, like it, we watch this multiple times every year for the past few years. Yep. Um, so so, yeah, so Muppet Christmas Carol, obviously based on the Charles Dickens classic a Christmas Carol. Yeah. Um, kind of dark, like kind of scary. Right. It kind of is. There's and- moments. Um, there was that part is, in the fe- in the movie too, where Rizzo was like, "Should the kids be watching this or something like that?" <laughs> yeah, yeah, they take off, they leave. He's like, right. "This is too scary. I gotta right. go. We'll see you at the end." Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. And it's something. It's interesting because um, when you kind of look up the history of the early production of the movie, um, originally the 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 ghosts of Christmas, Christmas past, Christmas present, Christmas future they were originally going to be well-known Muppet characters. Um, yeah. Piggy and I think and even Scooter. early on Gonzo was in the running mm-hmm. to be um, ghost of Christmas future, which is like, that's supposed so. to be like, that's the scariest part of the movie. Um, right. But um, you know, they, they decided that despite 
the the tone that it would it needed to be a little bit more serious than than that would have <laughs> caused it to be and ultimately yeah. correct decision um that it, it is it's just a story that does have some darkness in it but i think that makes scrooge's redemption arc all that much more impactful because 100%. if it, if it's not because without that like you know fear aspect of it like why where does the transformation come from like why does scrooge make the 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 transition from being the most you know grinchly for lack of a better word scroogely terrible uh greedy cruel person to Mm -hmm. like you know being one of the the most generous and kind-hearted people in in town there there has to be something like major that happens so i think it kind of needs that darkness as a as a contrast i think michael kane probably played off of that too a lot better with those those uh characters they made rather than the muppets probably wouldn't yeah i mean he's a great actor he probably could have done a serious role even if it was you know gonzo and miss piggy and fozzy or something you know right (laughs) but it would have been a tough sell it would have been a tough sell (laughs) so and I was just realizing too when that movie came out that I was uh, seventeen, so I wasn't as young as probably some of the, it was meant for in some of those mm. audiences. And I didn't have any kids, so. Right. But again, I grew up with Muppets, so yeah. never too it, old for Muppets, right? So it was like I had to watch it, and um, it surprises me how well it sticks with kids who did watch it. You know, like you were saying, Adam, you were ten. Yeah. Uh, and stuff like that. So uh, because because of the serious tones around those ghosts of Christmas, Christmas uh, past, present and future. So but for me as a 17 year old and then watching it through my years, I liked how they did the ghosts of past, present and future. So yeah, those puppets are incredible. Like, oh, yeah, they almost make the movie I think I, we'll get to it because this is retro groove. I would say the music is the star of this movie in many ways. But mm-hmm. um, but those puppets like it would not I you know was doing the mental exercise of thinking what it would be like to have Scooter as the ghost of Christmas past. This <laughs> that weird baby lady thing that like odd amorphous puppet thing that's uh-huh. floating around with the baby face. And it just wouldn't have had the same effect. Um no. There was one critic who wrote about this. The critics weren't super nice to this movie. Um, and the critique of it was they used the term lack of anarchy. They said, like, when you watch the Muppet show and those early Muppet movies, because there weren't really that many Muppet movies. There were three no. like feature films before this caper Manhattan and the Muppet movie. Mm-hmm. Um, and, anarchy is a good word like there is this um, incredible chaos of what goes on backstage that's the point of the muppet show is it's a mess backstage scooters trying to keep (laughs) it together but like sometimes it works on stage and sometimes it doesn't um and that was carried over to those movies but when you think of that word here it it's not present they actually decided to completely pivot on this and I it's crazy to say because you think about the butterfly effect of everything, but it seems like 
interviews have pointed to the fact that part of that was because Jim Henson died right before this. Like he died in 1990 and they decided to press forward with his son doing the film. Mm-hmm. And look, like he was the heart and soul of that organization. Yeah. Um, they had just sold it to Disney so that he could take on a creative role. He was looking to like lean into this space and kind of go with, what was it? Dark Crystal and Labyrinth and all these other things that they've been messing around with. He was going to do even more stuff like that. Yeah. Um. And and he died suddenly. And his son, I think he was 28 at the time. Yeah. Really had to young. take up the mantle to do this. Like that's going to put a, you in a little bit of a dark space. Like everybody, you know, your everybody's friend, the person who you all knew who brought you to the party is gone, and you've all got to show up at this this place and perform and deliver and and man did they have to deliver because like i said they had sold it to disney so there were expectations this would be the first proper disney muppet feature film um and that will have its impacts which we'll get into but yeah um it must have been a lot of stress around this and i am kind of flummoxed like looking at it here from this side of things it's kind of crazy that this happened like you would think that they would just go safe. They would just try to recapture the magic of the early ones because they know they can do that. And instead they make something completely different. They have Gonzo narrate it like with Dickens's prose for a good chunk of his lines. Like that's crazy. Like line for line it's from, from the book. Um, And then, yeah, these like really impactful, um, Uh, puppets and moments um and and then the other butterfly effect that um happens here is paul williams who you know historically had done a bunch of stuff with the muppets in the 70s he did um he appeared on the muppet show he wrote Mm -hmm. rainbow connection which is an iconic song um and then he did everything uh wrote uh produced uh everything for Emmett Otter's jug band Christmas. Mm -hmm. And then he has his own problems in the eighties of severe substance abuse. He, he drops off the face of the planet basically into his own problems. And he starts pulling himself out in the early nineties and they come to him and they say, we're doing this project. Jim is gone. We really want you to bring what we had together in the seventies to this new unique uh, movie that we're making. And insane does he go ham oh my oh. god <laughs> <laughs> right i mean rainbow connection is is timeless but yeah. like these songs are they're just they're they're incredible there's not a single like you know in a in a movie full of musical numbers you're you're bound to have one or two that you're like okay like can we like can we fast forward through this one like yeah. you know this one hits on every single mark and uh, you, you touched on it real briefly, but man, just to drive home the point that, you know, between Paul Williams kind of returned to form and just imagining the amount of weight and pressure on Brian Henson in his first featured directorial film, yep. like, oh my God, like, <laughs> how do you do that? And you're, you've got Disney looking over your shoulder now. It's like, I, I can't. It's a miracle that this film was even made to begin with, let alone is like the timeless classic that it turned out to be. 
oh my god <laughs> yeah yeah it's also interesting again like in most of the muppet movies that i was familiar with kermit is the narrator and yeah. I, you know, I'm, it's not something that I'm cognizant of at the age of nine or 10, but like, ultimately, when I look back on it, it would be weird if he hadn't been Bob Cratchit and he had been the narrator on this. Like, I don't, I think that that yeah. one, two of, um, of Gonzo and Rizzo is so, such a great balance of the classic prose with that slapstick you expect from Muppets it, it, like they just Perfect. really struck that balance uh, incredibly um, now I'm not one for musicals either I historically I've played in some pit orchestras and I'll watch the sound of music and my wife loves Greece so that goes on sometimes you know but like when it comes to films or stories that have these song breaks thrown through them I just like I tried to do West Side Story with her once. Like we, I got her tickets and everything and I, I got through it. It was good. I could appreciate it, but I'm like, doesn't do it. for You me. don't go watching it a hundred times. No, <laughs> like I, it feels buying the soundtrack, right? Yeah. It feels forced. Like it feels almost like superfluous. I get why it exists, like both as a vehicle and as an expression, but like musicals just aren't my thing. So I don't know why this one is i mean this is probably my number one christmas movie like it's this or probably home alone like those are those are stiff competition but like i i don't know what it is but i i think it is that every song can really get you choked up i mean i rewatched this the other day with my kid and i started to cry and she kept looking at me like <laughs> are you okay dad and i'm like right. tiny tim i mean like <laughs> right tiny tim Right. Yeah. It gets and to go that. back to Michael Caine too for yeah. the way he acted in that role. I mean, it, it just blew my mind. And I'd like to think I thought this too when I watched it for the first time was like just the the seriousness of being Scrooge, but surrounded by Muppets when you're doing this is yeah. just, you know, to me, just fantastic. And I could put him up there with all the other greats that have played Scrooge, you know. Oh, easily, easily. Yeah. Probably favorite Scrooge of mine. Just yeah. Barna. He plays it completely straight. Yeah, scary. And, right, so, yeah. He even mentions it. Um, what's the quote here? He uh, what he, he said to Brian Henson. Yes. He yeah. he basically came straight out and said, Look, I'm gonna I'm gonna play this as if I was acting with the Royal Shakespeare, Com the Shakespeare company. Like I'm, gonna, I'm not going to wink at the camera. I'm, I'm not going to adjust my performance at all because it's puppets. I'm going to pretend this is a very, very sincere, dramatic telling of the Christmas Carol, because I think that'll be the funniest choice. Yeah. <laughs> and not only that, but like it, it has, yeah, it's funny that, you know, he's having these very deeply serious life-changing moments and he's, he's acting his heart out. And, you know, he, he's talking to a frog. Yeah. So, but at the same time, it makes it so much more impactful as a you get like the same feelings that you would get with like the most serious version of this story. Cause it's yeah. like, it's like, it's the quintessential Christmas story. And yes. it, it's, it, that's gotta, that shows his, incredible skill as an actor because 
you know, you talk, you hear about people saying how hard it is working, you know, on a Star Wars movie where they're just like on this green screen set talking to, you know, someone in a green bodysuit that's going to be a, something entirely computer generated. Like that's got to be hard. But to like look next to you and see, you know, someone crouched down with their hand up the back of a puppet yeah, and right. the puppet has googly <laughs> eyes, you know what I mean? And, and acting as goofy as possible. Mm-hmm. And you have to look them in their pretend googly eyes and not laugh and do a completely serious heart wrenching scene. That is like the pinnacle For <laughs> of, sure. of acting right there. Yeah. <laughs> so major props to Michael Caine, my favorite Scrooge uh, yeah. by a mile. Um. So the movie kicks off with uh, a banger, I feel like, right at the top. You know, you're, you get your introduction yep. and you're immediately you to. introduced to to Scrooge. Um, and that first piece, um, I think it's just called Scrooge, um, is like it's haunting. And the some of like the, the bass and um, like the lower parts and some of the brass just kind of the staccato of it. It it like it syncs up with him on the cobblestones, right? Yes. And it makes you feel like you're swept up in this gray, cold fog. Like it it so perfectly encapsulates the visual of what they're trying to uh, portray. Mm-hmm. But but then again, like so, you're feeling this like bleakness to this song, right? You're like going through, but you're seeing this like scatter shot of Muppets, some of the coolest like talking vegetables and the horses from <laughs> Sesame Street. And I'm these being stolen. <laughs> um, and then so there's these little moments that would happen in our family. Again, we're watching this a bunch like there's a point with those little mice. My daughter loves those oh, yes. little mice, man. Mm-hmm. Like what? Like that's Muppet magic. Oh yep. my God. The, their little no cheeses for us Mises like little yeah. thing. <laughs> like, it's this like slight little shot of comic relief with sadness. It's a, it's still very sad. They're talking right. about how they're starving. Like, yes. But it's so cute that like my mom would make me a sandwich and say it sometimes, you know, like, <laughs> like it was pervasive. Yes. Um, man, like where this There's- came from, from Paul Williams, I, there's this one part though through that song there were like you said they're you know panning through all these muppets in these different Mm -hmm. scenes right there's one though where there's a frog and a chicken on a ledge and the frog is pulling on the chicken at least that's from my perspective and i'm trying to figure out what it's doing (laughs) like why is it doing that i mean you could make some jokes with that but (laughs) but i mean it's not necessarily it's pulling on its leg or its wing or something. So, yeah, but I'm trying to figure out why is that frog pulling on this Why is he tugging on a chicken? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I mean, so, I feel like that's, that's the moment. And there's a cow non-sequiturs. hanging out a window too. So, you know, right. right. Of course. Of <laughs> yeah. course there is. Right. Like Muppet, the texture of the Muppet world and those non sequiturs make it feel so alive. Like it makes it, you feel for these characters because one is getting, their water splashed on them as they're singing. And then like a rat says like screws is a jerk or whatever, you know, like there's all these little things that happen. And, and then they revisit those characters later on, you know, like they bring it right back around. Um, So, yeah, so you're brought through that song. Um, Scrooge gets to work. We won't, we won't have to 
go scene by scene through the whole movie here. Um, but you get you get the sense of who Scrooge is, um, and through that, sorry, you real get, quick too, is yeah, like when when they're going through the Scrooge thing too. What I found interesting as well is they didn't show Michael Caine's face until the very end of that song. Oh, oh, that's right. I didn't notice that. At least, yeah. That, it's what it seemed like. I think you're uh, right. it was all, you know, lower part because of uh, Muppets, obviously. But, yeah, you know, you saw his legs. You saw walking on the cobblestone and all that kind of stuff. But we yeah. really didn't see his face until the end. And he turns around, looks at everybody dispersing. Like, and everyone oh, yeah, scurries. Going on. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So the song sets the character and then right. you're you're presented with who he is and it's Michael Caine and it's genius. It like it it clicks immediately. He looks the part and acts the part. Um. And then you have your counterpart, or your counterpoint, rather, where um, Kermit is your heartfelt, throbbing, like you're cheering for this guy and you feel for him and you can commiserate. Yeah, he's he's exactly who you want in that role. Like nobody else would have worked for that. Right. Um, And that song where he's dancing with the rats and the penguins and it's just... (laughs) It, the Christmas it adds, after work party. Yeah, you know? but it adds this <laughs> light. And and what I kept seeing in in this as I looked at how the songs kind of flowed. Um, and it's interesting. There is a song that gets cut out at this point um, called Room in Your Heart. It's on the soundtrack, um, but it didn't make it through. And it was Bunsen and Beaker sing it after they get uh, like at, while they're trying to get money out of Scrooge. Um, it's not. It's not like it's fine that it wasn't in there. We were talking before, like they really left the killer in here. And I think there's two songs that hit the floor three, but two songs that really hit the floor um, that I think I think were the right call. Like Mm -hmm. didn't need didn't need the song there. But what you see is Scrooge kind of brings you down one more sleep till Christmas kind of crescendos you back into that spirit Mm -hmm. of of Christmas in your heart. Yes. Um, And then and then. Yeah, and then Scrooge goes home, and this is where it first scared my sister. I remember that door knocker that screams at him, and yep. go upstairs, and the ghosts show up, and they're shackled in chains, and they're yelling at him. And it's funny again. Statler and Wald- Waldorf are some of the funniest Muppets Hilarious. Oh, in yeah. existence. Um, but the voices kind of threw me off. But yeah, but yeah, yeah, yeah. a little bit. Yeah. Um, but you're it's right scary. though. Yeah. There, there's there is a um, very like just they they did it so well because it's funny but at the same time it is very ominous because and probably it's mostly coming from michael Caine's acting because he's legitimately spooked like he doesn't know what this is for he's seeing ghosts Mm -hmm. and you know the way that they did it was genius and you know they're effects iridescent like you can see right through them and they're really really cool the way that they did it but like he michael kane is acting like he is seeing this happen Mm -hmm. and you know we're we're laughing on one hand because it's statler and waldorf right but on the other hand and they're cracking jokes and stuff yeah but the frostbitten teddy bears yeah (laughs) again it's so funny but it's so bleak like it's very bleak yeah Yeah. so it's just the balance is just very 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 carefully yeah and even up. the even the chain boxes were muppets too which so cool. I oh yeah really cool. you know just <laughs> them singing along and stuff yeah. towards the end yeah yeah when he gets the chain put around him 
Like when that happens, like halfway through the song and the chain physically goes around Scrooge, like yeah. that freaked me out too. Oh, I remember yeah. being like, Jesus, what's happening? This guy? <laughs> yeah. Um, and so then you're blasted to the past and yep. um, go through some of that and you get to the Fozzywig party, which doesn't have like uh, a feature song. Again, there was supposed to be a song in there with Sam Eagle called Chairman of the Board, which kind of it's on the soundtrack. It celebrates and kind of reaffirms the business sentiment that was kind of beaten and business uh, valued. Yeah, <laughs> that was that was really good. See, we're getting good. I do a good Sam the Eagle. Yeah, that I was good. good. <laughs> yeah. It's the American way. It is the British way. Yeah. Um, Don't tip so, yeah. the driver. Don't trip the driver, right? <laughs> Such a throwaway line, but it's very funny. Yes. Um, but you get to see Animal and Dr. Teeth, and they call themselves the steam-powered mayhem instead, <laughs> instead so of the great. electric mayhem. Yeah, it's so funny. Um, and it, it like that scene, again, it brings you kind of back up. It's it's not a feature song, but it is this jovial fun thing where you're seeing yeah. a lightness to Scrooge and it's it's cadence with music. Now the thing I don't know is did Paul do that part? Because there was a, a composer that worked on this as well, Miles Goodwin, I think his name was. Goodman. Um and the score I think throughout this is also gorgeous. Um a lot of it builds on the little pieces from Paul's songs, yes. right? So you'll have those come back um, in that sort of perfectly Broadway, like Peter and the Wolfie kind of like. Especially the one instead. song you were going to, we're going to talk about next, but yes. yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. yeah. Um, but like the Scrooge motif in the beginning keeps coming back. Like when the ghosts come to visit him, it's like an oboe or, a, or, or something like that, that plays that little line that yes. throws you back to it. Um, but the Fozzywig party is super funny. I love animal animals. One of my favorite Muppets. Um, and yes. so it was cool that, that he was in there. Um, Scrooge falls in love and young Scrooge, we young, should... youngish Scrooge. Yeah. Scrooge from the past. Yeah. Scrooge from the past falls in love and um, it's with this lady who the actress is a Broadway singer from the UK and they hire her to play this part of Belle because she can sing and perform. But mm -hmm. if you went to go see this in the theater, you would never know that because that song hit the floor. Like it's this amazing moment in the movie where again, you're brought up by the Fozzywig party and then mm -hmm. you see you find out, I, I, guys, it is such a pivotal part of that yes. movie. It is it's crazy right. because it is, it is like, I think it's the final nail in what makes Scrooge Scrooge. Like exactly. He realizes he ruined it and he shuts everyone out. And in the current edit that you see in most places, like he just, they break up and she walks away. It is nothing. And then Michael Caine's just crying. Like, yes. Ah. That was so such a bummer because I didn't watch the the DVD I own. I watched it on Disney Plus. Mm -hmm. And again, we were talking as a pre-show, but on Disney Plus currently, it's the version that has the that song cut out. Yeah, and, when, and it's so just like such a bummer when you know that song is there. Yeah, but also because it's missing, you can tell even if you probably didn't know it was there. It's still like you said, such a pivotal moment. It's like, okay, you get just from her walking away and all that, and that they broke up essentially, mm -hmm. but it's not as impactful with that song. There's between 
that scene, the acting and the, the songwriting and the score, all mm-hmm. how much it hits later on throughout this movie. Yeah. That love is gone song. It's like, I'm like hearing those bits from that song throughout the rest of the movie. I'm just like, who, I hope that, I hope that person got visited by three ghosts. (laughs) (laughs) When they took decided to take that out. (laughs) Well, and I think Paul and Brian felt very similarly because um, it, so it's not in the theatrical release, but I know that song because I watched it on VHS and it was included not as an extra scene or whatever, but it was included in the actual film on VHS. And so I was shocked when I bought this digitally to watch with my kid a few years back. And I'm like, how did I miss this? Like I, I didn't know that it had been ever cut out. And so Mm -hmm. I started backtracking and looking and trying to figure it out. And I remember Googling this a few years ago and being like, wow, it's just gone. They just legitimately took it out. And that's how it's been on the Blu-ray. Like any HD things beyond, I think it was the DVD release, the initial DVD release. It's gone. Yeah. On the DVD that I have, it's one of those earlier DVDs that has where you can choose to watch it in four by three or, or 16 by nine widescreen. And if you choose the, the four by three, what they called full screen back then, that has the song still in it. But if you watch the widescreen version, that's got it cut. So, and I think it's still even on like in the deleted scenes, um, in the extras. And I know it's on the extras on Disney plus. Um, but yeah, it's, and, and it, it was weird to me too. I, I do remember the song from as far as, you know, I can remember back watching the movie so you know i'm i must have seen the the vhs version Mm -hmm. initially and so it is weird when later on for to me it was it's similar to um and not to get too off track but do do y'all remember or know about the octopus scene in goonies oh yeah when they say it on the beach at the end where they're like the scariest thing was the octopus and the police officers like the oct oh the the reporters like the octopus oh my gosh and i remember being like man i missed something he's just goofing right like he's just they're just like telling stories to the police but yeah you know but i remember the octopus scene being there what so it was like yeah well it it exists you can you can watch it on whatever version uh and I, I'm I'm not I'm gonna say it wrong if I try to remember exactly, but I, I think it was because you know the version of Goonies that we had when I was a kid was recorded off of like HBO or something. So it, it had the octopus scene uh-huh. in it. But other ver- like if you bought it on VHS, it didn't have the octopus scene, or if you saw it in the theater. So wow. don't know why it was cut, but yeah, it it not nearly as impactful as this movie, but you know, referencing the octopus later in the movie when the octopus was cut out of the, of the film. What like, yeah, it's funny that that was left in like, <laughs> yeah, like who missed it's that? weird. Yeah. At least, at least edit the audio out <laughs> yeah. or something. Yeah. Cause it's kind of a chaotic ending, but, but yeah. yeah, in, in, in Muppet Christmas Carol, it's like, it's, it's such a huge pivotal part of the film. Like we just talked about, but they reprise the song later in the movie. Yeah, like a bunch of times. Yeah. Like, what are you doing? Yeah. <laughs> yes. I don't know why. So it's- confusing. 
Yeah, I mean, the word is that, you know, so like I said, they had sold the Muppet company to Disney right, right before Jim's death. Everything gets very murky. You have a bunch of Disney executives who now get a say in what's happening here. And there was a Disney executive who saw it and said, this is a kid's movie and this is too sad. It's too slow and we we need to lose it. Um, and, you know, he was obviously proven wrong. Um, it's weird right. that there's other stuff. I mean, there's legitimately the Grim Reaper like, like walking around with a <laughs> right. guy talking about being dead, but like, we can't, I don't, I like, we're okay with scary stuff, but like a little, a little love song for a minute and a half is, is a problem. Yeah. I don't know. A, le- a legitimately frightening Grim Reaper yeah. as well. Yeah, basically. <laughs> really yeah. well said done. when love is gone, bah humbug. <laughs> um, so then you have, again, you have a lot of uplifting stuff because the movie gets very dark. And so it feels like Christmas, you know, is again, like that pivotal moment with when love is gone, where you see the change in Scrooge, where he's recognized why he became who he is. And then he gets taught by this like Santa looking Muppet who is so cool. I mean, the thing mm-hmm. is yes. like Hagrid, it's huge, right? Yes. Um, it's, and he, uh, he gets taught all of these lovely things, but then it ends on that sad note of like, if you don't change Tiny Tim's done, you know, like he gets introduced to that, to Tiny Tim there and he falls in love with him. Um, You have that fun little like scene with Kermit and Tiny Tim on his shoulder where Kermit's dancing, which that kind of stuff always blows my mind because I know it's a puppet and I don't know how they're making him work like how right. they make his it legs still blows my mind like <laughs> so i know crazy. how they did it yeah. but it doesn't matter like it's yep. still magic like, i so love crazy. the rolling thing at the bottom where their feet are just yeah. you know spinning or whatever yeah mm-hmm. scrolling um, through the city or the town street yeah and then you have uh oh yeah you're right it is the the street is kind of rolling isn't yeah it? if yeah. you look at it because that's what always catches my eye whenever i watch it, is that he's dancing on this rolling thing but it makes yeah. it, it's supposed to make it look like he's walking he's walking the down the street that's so smart um Magic. so yes. so then you get bless us all that like heartfelt tiny tim song which just that's when i broke down like yeah it was of course just, oh, it's brutal um and then and then the music's gone it's all score like paul williams said like i'm going with gonzo and rizzo y'all can deal exactly. with this because this is some heavy stuff and we're not bringing bringing like lightness or brevity to the situation here. And it goes to a dark place for like 10 minutes, probably yeah. like from the end of Christmas present through Christmas future. Yes. Um, it's, it feels it's about, dark. it feels right though. Cause, yeah. Uh, yeah. Cause future is a dark. Right. Ghost, and so. yeah. And then, but then the crescendo again, like riding your emotions, the crescendo of thankful heart, and then, like you mentioned before, Adam, the sort of reprise of when love is gone, but it's when love is found. And he's talking about, like, how great it is to find love in his heart. But if mm. you didn't know that song, yes, there's no context. That's so like, frustrating, no context. <laughs> especially after watching it again, just like watching it and then hearing that at the end. I was like, Jeffrey, why? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> It's very confusing. It's still a great song, but it loses like once you hear what song it is and how it's changed, it directly connects to what has happened in the movie. It's it, right. it is genius planning of a composer and a director and a storyteller 
mapping your emotions to the music that carries you along. Um, yep. And and then at the end, so you've got the credits roll. And I don't know if you guys have sat through the full credits, but just like any other feature movie, you bring in a star to sing your hit song. And what hit song does Martina McBride come in and sing? But the song that gets cut from the freaking movie. So there's a there's a there's like a pop leaning uh, ballad uh, sung by her of When Love Is Gone at the end of the credits, which, again, if you're in the theater, you're like. Why? Why is it gone? <laughs> it's found. What happened? You just found um, it. You just What's found it. Why is it gone? Yeah. Um, Jeez. So, so it's exciting that then we find out because um, this has happened before, where original code for video games and clips of movies and stuff gets lost, or there's like that famous fire that happened where like the original master tapes of tons and tons of original uh, of legendary albums got burned up a few years ago. And the artists Mm -hmm. still are just finding out about that. Like it was so expansive that um, they weren't able to fully catalog everything that was lost. And there's still articles that come out now where you have a band that wants to reissue uh, their their classic album from like the 90s and finds out, oh, no, it was actually in that fire and it's gone. Um, Jeez. No fire at Disney. We don't know where they found it, but they found the original uh, tapes, the original negatives, whatever they are of, of film, um, and have done a full HD restoration of when love is gone. And I think as, as you're hearing (laughs) this or close, close to it, like if you're, if you're watching it this Christmas season, I'll say, because I think they said December 11th, but who knows, um, you will be able to watch it in its full HD glory with the song in there. Um, And I've never been able to do that with my kid. Like I've told her about the song. I've showed it to her. Wow. But it's also like kind of disjointed, right? Like she's seen the movie and then she sees the song, like it loses it. Um, So I'm kind of excited to sit there with her and watch it again. Like we just watched it a week ago. I'm going to hold off and we'll just watch it again with the full, uh, with the full song in there. And it's going to be really cool. I'm very excited about it. I can't wait. I'm glad you guys mentioned that. I didn't know that it was going to do that. So, or they were going to yeah. do that. So I'm happy that they're doing that. I'll be yeah. watching that again for sure. Now, last year, and it's crazy to say that it was last year, but last year, Adam and I were posting in Discord because I am 8-bit announced uh, a vinyl pressing of the full soundtrack of Muppet Christmas Carol, which had been out of print for a long time. Um it's it's gorgeous. It's amazing. It's just like video game vinyl at this point, where it's one hundred and sixty dollars to buy it now. <laughs> yeah, um, right. So it's it's a it's a real bummer. Um, I'm hoping I am eight bit has been good about um, reprinting stuff. It's not like limited run or super rare where it's one and done. They have done reprints. Uh, I keep kind of hoping that for the thirtieth anniversary, you're going to see another pressing. So the only reason I bring it up is uh, if that happens it's probably worth it to save a little space in your wallet. Um, Cause obviously like, as we've talked about, this is a really special soundtrack, a really special movie yes. and it's not easy to find a physical medium. And you can see like, like it's impacted. Like that song is in here in the full 
uh, run of the show. So if you listen to the LP, it's exactly where it's supposed to be. Yes. Um, but you never know. Like you, you, when you get physical medium, you get it because you want to preserve things as you, as you remember them. Yes. Yeah. I hope so too. Yeah. Um, any other thoughts that you guys had on, on this movie? Um, you know, are, have you watched it already this year? Are you, are you planning on it? Um, oh know. yeah, definitely watched it. Yeah. Uh, like I said, if, if they re-release it with that cutout part, definitely. And probably even I'm going to have to go find the DVD box and find where I have that and maybe watch it that way. So there you go. I haven't watched it yet. Um, I, I knew that there was kind of this, I, I didn't know that it was going to be like a complete remastering of the, the whole movie, but um, I, I kind of still had in the back of my head that, okay, they're, they're supposed to be adding the, um, that when love is gone back into, you know, the, the full version and not just something that's tucked away in the extras. Um, so I was, I honestly was kind of waiting on that. Mm. Um, um, but I, I definitely can see us watching it multiple times over the next few weeks. Um, hopefully the, uh, that, that, new release of it comes out sooner rather than later. Um, but I'm, like I mentioned, you know, um, previously my daughter right now is all about night before nightmare before Christmas. So oh. we've, we've already watched that multiple times and it's, it's kind of cool because, you know, um, there'll, there'll be parts in, in the movie and my daughter will turn to me and be like, dad, how'd they do that? Like, cause she knows it's stop motion. But it's like, you know, is it zero, the the dog mm-hmm. that's like a ghost? So she's like, yeah. Dad, how did they do that? And I legitimately like, I actually don't know how they <laughs> did that. Magic. So uh it's it'll be cool to watch it and see if like, okay, like what can they figure out? Like, okay, how did they do uh Marley and Marley? How did they do the the ghost of Christmas past that's all wispy and like there were some uh some notes about you know them filming that puppet doing mm. its thing either underwater or in like, like a, a tub, tub of baby oil oil or yeah. something like that some some kind of crazy method where they filmed it underwater or in some kind of liquid and then superimposed that onto the film yeah and it's like crazy stuff like that the, these practical effects that are like, really don't you know they would just do it digitally now yes. and it wouldn't look as cool <laughs> you know what i mean right. so uh i'm excited to to watch it or they they would have done the digital and then learn their lessons and then come back to practical you know yeah <laughs> like yeah we hope yeah we, we can only hope yeah so, i think i think the other thing that i just think of with all of this is that um Muppets and Christmas are very synonymous like this movie, obviously, but there's a bunch of others. Some of the ones that I mentioned already um, that aren't Muppet Muppets, but then you have Letters to Christmas and there's a very Muppet Christmas movie like Mm -hmm. they've revisited that spirit uh, this time of year a bunch of times. Um, And it never has the same impact as something like this. Right. But um, 
I can see why it connects. Because Tim, you mentioned Muppet Treasure Island, which I remember going to see in the theater because I loved Christmas Carol so much. I was like, this is going to be the same thing. And it's Tim Curry, uh, who is fantastic. And it was a fun movie, but it didn't have the same chops. I mean, it wasn't Paul Williams music. It wasn't the same kind of spirit as a Christmas Carol. And, you know, Tim Curry is a great actor, but Michael Caine approached this in a very different way. Um, I, this movie, I love a lot of the Muppet movies, um, but this movie holds a really special place. I went back and I watched Emmett Otter's Jug Band Christmas uh, last year, and I'll probably watch it again this year. Um, My daughter really likes Muppet Christmas Carol. And so I was like, you know, there's another one with the same kind of puppets. It's just not those characters. Um, and she didn't get into it as much. Like there was a couple moments where she bit, but it it wasn't the same. Um, and it's a hard sell on today's kids. (laughs) Yeah. It doesn't, it doesn't hold up and it's not, I mean, it's, it's a, it's a fair amount older. It was the late seventies. So, um, it could be that, but this 30 years, like this holds up Yeah, like much better than a lot of things from the early nineties. Um, this holds up really nicely. Uh, my, my kid is enthralled every time this comes on you know for sure and i love muppet treasure island very very much but like your comparison is is spot on like i the music isn't quite there uh there's a couple bangers but mm-hmm. it's it's really not like the kind of thing where the the music is part and parcel with the narrative and they all hit you know and the the emotional ride that you're on is weaving in and out of these songs it's not like that um but uh it it's it's still kind of the same era of muppets yeah and so like both of those movies just really have a special place in my heart um i i i find myself watching muppet treasure island throughout the year off and on Mm, um it is a favorite of mine but it's it's hard to say like which one like that this this stupid thing like they do on Twitter where it's like if you had to get rid of one, yeah, and it's just like oh, I don't think it's I tough. could do it. <laughs> yeah. I don't yeah, know that I could tough. do it. Yeah. But it would be it would be almost impossible to get rid of Muppet Christmas Carol though. Like yeah. I think yeah. you have to keep it. Yeah. Because it's like you said, it's not only is it just like fun Muppet, you know, goodness, good family wholesomeness but it's like it's it's a legit like again michael kane one of the if not the best film version of ebenezer scrooge um but like how else are you going to get kids interested in a christmas carol yes you know what i mean introduction for sure (laughs) definitely that's a favorite of ours I think what helps too, for sure, is that it is a Christmas movie and mm-hmm. there's a lot of people like us who put it in their rotation. So, yes, it's going to be seen over Treasure Island, if you yeah. will, because there isn't it's Treasure Island isn't part of a holiday. Yeah. So right. it's you know, you're going to watch Treasure Island because you like the movie and then, you know, you'll watch it again. Uh, but where you're for sure going to watch Muppet Christmas Carol, most likely once a year, <laughs> you yeah. know? Yeah. 
So yeah, I agree. I think you should put it on free form. I think anyone who's listening to Tim <laughs> yes. right now, put it on free form. Like if we can have 24 hours of a Christmas story and I love that movie, it does hold up. It's very fun. But if we can do 24 hours of that, we can at least like Harry Potter's on all the time. Like <laughs> you can throw on some, uh, you can throw on some Muppet Christmas Carol. It's gotta be Heck part yeah. of some cable channels, ro- Christmas rotation. Yeah. Um, speaking of Disney, you guys over on film logic just did your Pixvember, uh, features, right? So you yes. spotlit two Pixar films. Yes. Um, one of which I've never seen. You guys did Wally, I think, right? Yes. Never Wally, Wally was the last one. Yeah. For sure. really? And then we did Incredibles. Yeah. So yeah. Incredibles is super fun. Yeah. Yes. Never watched Wally. I Wally, watch Wally is definitely one that, uh, has some artistic feels to it that I feel. And plus for you guys, retro groove, mm-hmm. the last title song or the end credit song by Peter, Peter Gabriel. Oh, don't even with me. I mean, you got, you right got to listen to it. Here. Yeah. He's on the wall. Yes. Um, I didn't Heck know yeah. he does it. Peter Gabriel does a song in Wally. Yep. He does the end credit song oh, and it, the end credit song you, you sit through because the, it, they have an animation through the credits that tells mm what happens after that end of the movie for the rest of the credits, it kind of tells more of the story. So you it's, you know, you music fans out there got to at least listen to that. And, but it's a great artistic movie because again, like we mentioned in the show, first 40 minutes of it is basically there's no humans. Right. Right. So it's all dialogue, right? There's there's hardly no dialogue dialogue except for maybe a couple of, you know, uh, Wally words or whatever yeah. words. So, but yeah, it's fantastic. Um, definitely sh- got to at least watch it once. So you have an idea of uh, yeah. where it's at. I'm I think I lumped it in. List. I lumped it in with up and I watched up and it almost broke me. And so like, <laughs> I was like, yeah, well, it's I'm a not Pixar doing Wally. movie. Of course it's going to break you. Yeah. But toy yeah. story carries you through like Muppet Christmas Carol. There's ups and downs in toy story. Like it's, it's planned That's out. Fair. Up starts you off real rough, dude. Like that is the first 15 minutes of that movie. Like I don't even know how I watched the rest of it. They give um, you another hour and a half to lift. Yeah, you up, fun. So. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Um, so yeah, so Film Logic uh, on the Retro Logic podcast group network. And yeah. uh, yes. Nintendo Dads, I never miss an episode. You guys are fun. You're yes. how I found all of this. Like, I found Nintendo Dads, and then I found the Retro Logic, and then I found Adam, and it was a match made in heaven. Here so, we are. Here we go. Yeah, right. Um, so, check <laughs> out Nintendo yay. Dads. Need another Kermit. Yay. Yay. <laughs> uh, check out Nintendo Dads. Check out uh, Film Logic for your movie stuff. Um, as i always but, say when we talk about all the shows and the mm-hmm. family the whole entire family it's like yeah. besides the nintendo dads you guys and the other dads that do shows it's like there's a there's a there's something for everyone it seems like yeah in all yeah those, the family podcast so yeah for sure am i missing anything adam no i think we're good um that's uh oh the only only other thing i wanted to mention is y'all have a Christmas episode forthcoming for Film Logic. Yes, we'll, we're going to be works? talking about a couple of. I think we have a couple shows. So yeah, some polls uh, and there's live a poll in the Discord, of. Yeah. We'll probably be talking about the poll and then our own favorites, top favorites, and and of course what the audience uh, uh, listeners have their favorites. So I feel like Die, Die Hard's going to take it. Die Hard seems to always <laughs> take it. Yeah, yep. yeah. We'll see. Fantastic. 
All right. Well, Tim, thank you so much for, for coming on. Really, really appreciate it. Uh, I've checked again. off a, li- a mark on my bucket list. Thank you very Ooh, much. Awesome. <laughs> awesome. Well, the, the pleasure was ours. Thank you again for, for coming on and talking to us today. Um, thank you for listening to Retro Groove. We are part of the Retrologic family of podcasts. You can find us on Discord on the Retrologic server. You can also find us on Twitter at RetroGroove underscore pod. And I guess there won't be a uh, an episode companion playlist like we normally do. Just go listen to the uh, Muppet Christmas Carol soundtrack. And go watch it. <laughs> and yeah. go watch it. That's that's your homework. That's your that's your episode companion playlist for this yeah. episode. Let's go watch Muppet Christmas Carol. Yeah. <laughs> well, thank you all. Merry Christmas, everybody. We'll see you next time. Merry Christmas.